for listening to the Red Letter Business Podcast presented by Christian Businessmen's Connection, Oklahoma. Each episode, we're talking with ordinary businessmen who have impacted the lives of others as they live out their faith at work. That's the mission of CBMC, helping men know God, discover His purpose in their work, and make a significant impact in the lives of others. Let's jump into today's episode. All right, welcome back to the Red Letter Business Podcast. My name is Tyler DuBose, and here with me, as always, is my co-host, Adrian Saavedra. Adrian, how are you doing today, my man? You know, uh, talking with Jared, uh, one of our guests that we're going to have here today, I've got to be honest with you, I could be doing a lot better. We, we started talking about our Cubbies, uh, Chicago yeah. Cubs, and how they destroyed their team, and so that made me a little depressed, but this story of what Jared is going to share with us today, that's going to lift my spirits. And I was really encouraged when we got to meet the other the other day about uh, his story, what God's doing in his life. And, and we wanted you to be encouraged as well. And so we're continuing on in our study on James on business, what James, the book of James has to say about how we should orient, operate our life as it relates to our, our workplace and the marketplace. So today's episode is, is what does it look like to submit ourselves to God? And what does James say about it? So let's go right to the scripture. I'm going to read um, James chapter 4, starting in verse 1, and we're going to read all the way through verse 11. So here's what it says. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires to battle within you? Your desire, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. So here's what we're going to talk about a lot today. In verse 7, it says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So uh, I've already alluded to our guest today, but we have with us a fellow Cubs fan and um, a uh, really, really good guy, Jared Mills, the the owner of Heritage Insurance Agency. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I like I said, or, or actually Adrian said, I am also a, a sobbing Cubs fan as of the last two weeks. Uh, I'm a huge OSU fan. Most sports doesn't really matter. Uh, I also bleed orange. Let's see, I'm married uh, seven years happily. Most of those you'd have to ask her if she agrees. Um, <laughs> have a almost five-year-old little girl named Claire. Uh, me and my wife live in Edmond. We've got a house. Uh, our business is located there as well. And I'm originally from Muskogee, Oklahoma. So people actually ask me if I'm an Okie from Muskogee. I am. I do know all the words to the song. And I kind of teach you that in grade school there. <laughs> um, I won't repeat any of those words on this, this <laughs> podcast. But um, 
you know, I uh, small town family, blue collar, mom and dad both worked, um, didn't come from a lot of privilege or anything like that. So just a very simple blue collar family with, you know, roots, you know, I'm, I'm a little different, I guess. I don't have a lot of family. Uh, my dad was an only child and my mom was adopted. And so I don't have a lot of cousins or, you know, typical family structures. It's pretty much just been me and my mom and dad. And I have a half sister who has been estranged from me for quite a bit, but, um, that's pretty much me. Uh, and you're uh, involved with the high school students, mm-hmm. right? Crossings yep. Edmond. 10th grade boys. Yep. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, that's where we, we first met at uh, high school camp uh, this past summer. So That was my uh, second retreat and probably one of the most uh, enlightening and God-heavy moments of, of my existence to this point. You yeah. Know, so it was it was definitely life-changing for me just on the leader side. Absolutely. Um, I told my kids there when we were there, I had a, a chance to share after one of the nights, the first or second night, that you know when I was 15... Uh, one of my best friends that, I, that I'd grown up with since probably sixth grade. Uh, we were sophomores, and, and him and his family had the, the strong church upbringing, you know, had dinner every night, held hands, prayed, sang. Mom and dad both played in the in the choir. You know, so he'd always pushed me and pulled me to go to church, and, and I always resisted because I wasn't exposed to that. My mom and dad didn't go, and they didn't force me to go. So I'd always kind of been drawn to it, and it, it was like at this retreat that I met Tyler at, I had turned out an invitation the summer between my sophomore and junior year to go with him to, I think it was Falls Creek or one of the, the other bigger ones I remember. And uh, I always just, I wouldn't say regret, but I was, it was always in the back of my mind that I should have gone or, you know, I had the opportunity to be exposed to something I knew was going to change me for a positive thing. And I just said no. So when I was at this retreat recently, it was about two months now, two, three months. Yeah, I think so. Life goes so fast. I don't even know how, how far ago that Feels was. Feels like a year ago. It does yeah. feel like a year ago. And I remember sitting there listening to one of the, the messages that Mike was speaking. And it was like God just kind of took a time out with me. And I sat in the back and I was by myself. And, and it was like, remember that time you turned down this invitation? Now I'm, I'm giving you the opportunity to see it again. So I got to share that with my boys and a lot of the other kids from, from the campus about how, you know, never underestimate the power of an invitation first of all and then it was like god was putting me back in that 15 year old kid's body experiencing it seeing it feeling it for the first time in a way i'd never felt it it's oh, extremely powerful so that's cool that's great so the reason one of the reasons we wanted you to come and share a little bit about your story and your experiences we felt like it really fit really well with um what james is trying to communicate here in james chapter 4 so it starts off that says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? So my first question for you, Jared, is, is man, do you, have a, do, you, do you have a story of maybe a stressful work situation that, that you've experienced in the past that led to some quarreling or, or even a, just a sense of uneasiness at your work? Is that, does anything come to mind? Yeah, I've, I've got a great one. Um, and it, it's probably the, the story when I tell it, it it takes me back one to that situation, right? in that time and place and what was happening. But I mean, God was already kind of stirring and moving within, within me and then within my family. You know, we, we had, he'd kind of planted the seed through some other people as far as, you know, starting something on my own. But, you know, I was in a position where I was working for a very large corporate insurance company. Uh, I was doing very well. And I was, hitting all of these benchmarks. I was doing all of the things that you're supposed to do when you do my job. 
as an agent, you know, helping people and dealing with policies, customers, all that, the service-related stuff. And, you know, in this company that I work for, very large corporation, you know, global conglomerate, they have holdings all over the world, right? So right. that's, it, it's something that I felt, I never felt at home there from the moment I was there. It was, it was, it was very transparent, which fit what I am. I'm a very transparent person, you know, so that part was good and that was a good fit for me. But, you know, when I was, I was telling you before we started recording about, you know, the, the guy that interviewed me and the questions, you know, that, that should have been my first indication of the structure and the philosophy and just the operations, I guess. Right. And, you know, but I'd never been kind of in that environment. I'd, I'd always, you know, I've been in food and beverage before I get an insurance, um, a military background. So just a different, I had never been in a really corporate setting, you know, where there's levels and middle management, upper management, executives. I, I just never been exposed to that really that much. And, um, I didn't know what that world looked like. You know, I didn't know what the expectations of the, I knew what the job was. Um, and I did really well at it for years, but once it got to, um, the corporate side of things, the, the man and worldly side of things that just, you know, God was really at that point in my life, I'd really been, you know, pouring a lot into, to youth leadership, um, just serving as much as I could. Me and my wife were trying to get pregnant. We'd been struggling with that. And, you know, when all along, I'm still doing a great job. I'm still doing everything I'm supposed to do. And I have a boss. I have a, a direct leader who's above me and, you know, sweet man, have no ill will toward him, nothing, nothing negative to say in any, in any way. Um, but just, you know, my values lined up with, you know, I operate a certain way with humility, with transparency, with, you know, I, I wear my, my faith on my sleeve. I'm not ashamed of it. And I just, I feel like that's the only way I can be to protect myself, protect others. Right. So when I'm, when I'm in this, you know, I'm up for, I do everything I'm supposed to do for years. I'm, I'm scheduled to get promoted. I've, I've done all these things and you know, we, we have our little girl, you know, God blesses us with, with little girl. She's sick. She ends up being in, in the ICU for, for about four weeks and, you know, not knowing what that's like, it's very stressful. So in this position, you know, I had earned a lot of paid time off, you know, through, through being there and the normal corporate, however many days you work, you get all this X amount of time, whatnot. And I sit down, it's time for me to get promoted. I've done everything. I'm thinking I've done everything to promote it, which it means more money. It means, you know, not just money, but more benefits, a little more control, a little bit more leadership. I was, you know, my, my natural style and inclination is to try to get to the front. You know, right. I don't, I don't want to sit in the back. I don't, you know, that's maybe the military side of me or just the competitive nature that, that I was born with. But, you know, I like to be in the front. I like to be involved in decision-making. So I felt like I was doing all of those things and I get to, this meeting, I'll try to shut. No, I'm going long-winded, which is a bad habit of mine. But I'm sitting in the office, all the while that that, that I'm expecting to do this thing and, and get this promotion and, and take the next step. Then I'm sitting there. Keep in mind, my daughter's in the. Well, this is this is December, so Claire's born in This is December, but Claire's born in September. She's been home about six weeks, eight weeks, somewhere in that. Right. And all of September, I had taken X amount of days off, uh, my PTO that I was talking about, to be in the hospital, to be with my wife, to take care of everything. When I did that, the way that their promotion and the, the whole thing works is you have a, an average and you do these things and it's based on time. And I had somehow dropped below whatever that threshold was. So instead of, think, instead of getting the promotion and all the things I thought I had earned at that point, I get the opposite. I get... Hey, sorry you did this. It wasn't good enough. 
and by the way, like we're not going to be able to promote you. We're giving it to your other friend, you know. And the funny thing about that is, probably a month before that, I'd started having you know these these thoughts and reoccurring things, you know, where God was really just saying like, this isn't the place for you. Mm. You know, this is this is becoming toxic. This is becoming, you know, these people are they're focused on things that you're not focused on. And, and not just the people I worked with, you know, coworkers and, and peers in, in the same level as me. I mean, that's, you know, I'm, I'm not a judgmental person, but everybody has their own version of success and, and life and what that looks like, right? So mine was always just, hey, I'm simple, I'm conservative, I just, I like to do the right thing, you know? And if I do the right thing, I'll be rewarded for it. So I had done all those things. And then I didn't get that. You know, I got mm-hmm. the opposite. I got, you know, sorry, not good enough. Oh, it's because you took these days off. So I told Adrian this story. This yeah, while, while your daughter, <laughs> yes. your newborn daughter's in the ICU. <laughs> yes. So it hit me right at that moment. And it was like, it, I mean, it was like God told me to stand up, walk out, go sit at my desk and just move on. I mean, it was just that simple. And it wasn't like, I was thinking about writing this, this thing I was telling you about earlier that somebody asked me what inspired me to start a business. I wasn't inspired. I was pushed. I was nudged clearly by God, like, you got to run and flee. And I think, you know, we talked about mm-hmm. the fleeing, and it was it was a very pro- profound, like, this is not the place for you anymore. I need you to go right now. Not in a week, not in two weeks. When it's comfortable and it's safe, I need you to go right now. So, you know, backtrack to wife at home, sick child. <laughs> perfect timing yeah. you know, I'm sure yeah. that went really that, that was I, I can still remember that conversation not going the way the way I intended it to as it rarely does when you're having those those major moments in life you know yeah and not not just I want to leave like I've got this other opportunity right I want to leave and start my own business oh yeah <laughs> so that's, I want to start over from yeah. zero right you know when I've when I've got comfort and security for us and I've done the things that we're supposed to do as men and providers and I, and I have a wife who's very secure at this point and very happy with the security that we have. So it's, let's, let's start over. It didn't, didn't go well, you know, but about two days after not talking really and kind of avoiding each other in the house, she just said, she said, I got to ask you one question. Is this something that you feel like you need to do? Or is this something you feel like God is telling you to do? And I said, both, Hmm. you know, I need to bet on me to get away from the situation and I know I can do it because I had done it in the past in my previous work experience. So I, w- I wasn't afraid to run a business or start a business. That part was easy. You know, it was just the, you know, at some point, you know, you just got to trust God and bet on yourself. Mm. And I knew the, re- I, the regret would have been if I didn't. Right. You know, if I stay, I could have stayed. And I said that. I remember telling my wife very clearly. I was like, I will stay. I will make more money. I will do fine. I will provide more security. I said, but I will be miserable. And it, you will, in turn, probably not be very happy with me, and we will probably fight and have conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was two days later she came to me and said, do it. Well, and it was that simple, you know, yeah. five years later, or four and a half, I guess. Yeah, so sometimes God, you know, um, tells us in different ways, right, that he wants us to do something different. Sometimes it's a whisper. Sometimes it's, you know, a nudge. A nudge, so, you know, and, and but... I think have, I forgot the better part of that story. Which is what? Which is, so the the day that I'm typing out my resignation, mm. you know, I'm sitting at my desk, I'm typing it out on my computer, and I'm sitting there, and then one of the, the receptionists that, that 
was working in the office at the time and worked for, for my boss and, and manager, brings me this letter. And I open up reading it, and it's, it's, they had asked me to, to pilot this, be one of the people that started this program to teach other agents how I became successful, what are my strategies and processes, and, and mimic what I do for other people and train other people to have success. I'm sitting there reading this, and, and then I'm looking at my resignation on the screen. Mm. <laughs> when I hit print, I print it, I take the letter, I keep the letter that they had just given me, I stick it in my bag, I walk into my manager's office, and I hand him my resignation. And he just looks at me and says, there's nothing I can say at this point to keep you, huh? I said, my exact words are, nah, that ship sailed. Oh. Yeah. You know, and it was that easy, and they escorted me out and, you know, haven't really stayed in contact with most of those people. So it was, you know, God protecting me and, and providing me some safety. Yeah, and so um, that's that's what we wanted to explore, right? So so God was obviously trying to get your attention, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he had something else for you to do. And, you know, we're going to get into this a little bit. I mean, God's blessed your, oh, yeah. your new business and... and um, all the things that maybe could have caused fear and anxiety and worry, those were all smoothed out over time be- between, uh, you know, what could have kept you from making, you know, following the Lord. And, you know, you were able to see, you know, God God had you the whole time. So we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, but you touched on something that I wanted to circle back on because you, you had mentioned that in your industry especially, um, there are different things that motivate people for success, right? The, the corner office, the promotions, the, you know, make, making the commission, whatever it is. So, you know, James talks a little bit about this, you know, asking God, but you ask with wrong motives. So um, let me relate this kind of to what it means to submit to God. So what is it, what was it that actually motivated you to start your own business, you know, the nudge that God gave you, but your motives for success probably look a lot different than a lot of folks's. So what motivates you uh, to have success in the business world today? You know, I, I originally thought that it was, you know, just creating a business. It's about freedom. It's about having the ability to make your own choices and, and independence, you know, and that's uh, being a veteran. That's always something that's going to be important to me in my belief system. But, um, one, I'm just, I'm not a great employee. I know that sounds awful to admit. I, I feel like I'm a better leader because I listen and I care. And I don't put time and energy and, and any resource into something that I don't really, you know, have passion for. Um, so as far as motivation, you know, it's I've, I didn't grow up with much, so I'm not one of those people that because of that also s- strive for a lot more. Right. You know, so money's never really been a, a big motivator. It's just a tool to... To, to access the things that you need or to, to help other people. Um, but motivation, you know, what I originally thought was I needed to get away from something to better myself, you know, but it was very clear when, when I was sitting there writing out the business plan and you, you sit there for hours thinking of, you know, what am I doing? Like, what, what is this for? You know, and originally I thought it was about me and my, and, you know, and, and just needing to get away and to, to, to better myself. But, it was more than that. It was, it was, I wanted something that, you know, I could, I could put in a community and just, and basically be a light, you know, right. and, and I just kept having this recurring theme of like a lighthouse and like being lost, like people being lost and, and, and 
finding someone that's going to be, you know, a positive influence or an encouraging word or, or something like that, you know, and I had no idea that it was going to turn into an opportunity to, to, to really pour into other people and, and use my faith and my, and my belief and to, to one, support other people, but two, you know, really what motivates me at this point, and I, and I didn't see it then because it, it was me in an eight by 10 office by myself. And I was thinking about it when we were, you were asking me the question, you know, it's almost like I needed that solitude and isolation to really get clear and focused. And God was like, it's you, it's me. We're in an office, close the door. Right. I'm on the phone. I'm doing all the, the stuff I used to do, but I'm, I'm doing it my way, you know, and I'm, I'm building something. It was like, I mean, my wife joke about it now because she'll, she'll tell you she was super supportive in the beginning, but that's not, it's not a hundred percent true. <laughs> right. And I hope she hears this cause she, she can't argue with me, but you know, and it, it really hit us this, this past Christmas when we, you know, I, we took our, our entire team and their wives and their kids and we went and had dinner and, you know, we, we were able to, you know, bless them all with a nice gift and, and sitting there. And when we left, you know, we're, we're sitting there and she was like, I'm really glad you did this. Like mm-hmm. now I get it. Yeah. You know, what, what you were striving and chasing was, was this, you know, the fellowship, the, the you know, now I, I have my best friends around me. You know, I work with the people that I care about and I love, and we're building something different, for, especially in an insurance environment where it's very different, you know, where I have a, a very big, nice painting of Jesus in our conference room, and it's kind of the, I don't know what you'd call it, he's the gatekeeper, you know, people yeah. come in and they're like, oh, this is the type of business we're going to do. Right. You know, and it does, you know, in our industry, you know, being in insurance, it does kind of turn people the other way sometimes, but it also filters out the bad. Sure. You know, so... It's been real easy, but you know, motivation now is really easy. Success is everybody's definition of success is is always different. But you know, I've I've already won as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Yeah, know? no, that's that's so good. And um, you know, for for a listener out there that that might be in a similar boat as you, and and maybe they're not in insurance, but they're in sales of some sort or um, something that you know, can can be a high-pressure job as far as what's expected of you um, in terms of your output and things like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, sometimes we can be motivated by what I would, what, what James would call being a friend of the world, right, as opposed to uh, having godly desires. So what, what um, advice could you give somebody who's trying to find their way in the business world uh, to to set their minds on, on on godly desires as opposed to worldly desires. You know what what would you have to say about that? I'll uh, if I can be very transparent. Sure. Um, I, I know yeah. I'd rather you uh, please wa- li- please lie, lie to us. Please <laughs> no, lie. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to sound really easy and to say this, but for somebody that's listening that has that finds himself in that position, like I would say, use me as an example because before I have what I have now, you know, in my previous life, you know, I had been married before. I'm no longer married to that person. I had built restaurants and a very successful business in that former life. And I had the big house, all the money I could want in the bank, beautiful cars, beautiful wife, had all of those things. Mm. But I didn't have, I didn't have a relationship with God at that point or a relationship with Christ. I hadn't, I hadn't accepted that. I didn't know that. I was still new to that, you know? But it's the one thing looking back now, you know, 10 years later with some perspective that, you know, one of my best friends growing up high school, college, 
when I when all of that went away, and it, it can go away. Oh sure. Tomorrow <laughs> yeah. or today, if you really want it to. Mm-hmm. In my case, it, it it went away the day after. You know, it was, mm-hmm. I had all these things, and then I didn't have them. Mm-hmm. And my and my good friend, who will remain nameless, um, said, "Man, we you had everything." And I it was like. It wasn't me speaking because I'm not smart enough to have this kind of thought of genius pop into my head at the time. And it was literally like God just said, the words came out of my mouth, you think I had everything. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and like, but what I had at that point was a whole lot of dependence on God at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just me and him. And he found me. I mean, he was, he right. was always there waiting. Yeah, and it seems like you have, I mean... Just from what you're saying, like a, a mind shift changed of, you know, you, you can have all this stuff, you can lose it and it come back. But now you're like, maybe not necessarily your motivation, but just the way you view that stuff is to bless other people. Oh, yeah. And to use that as tools to help others and not just. I think the, the best thing a person, especially a man, can do for himself is dig deep, get some self-awareness. Mm. Like the quicker you become aware of who you're created to be the quicker you can actually live out what God intended you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can help people. You know, I could help people before, but not in the same capacity that I can now. Mm-hmm. Not with wisdom, not with encouragement, not with scripture, not with just being an example for somebody and putting your arm around them and loving on them. You know, like, I, I couldn't do that the same way before. Well, I love what you said, and I uh, appreciate you sharing what you shared, because, you know, Jesus says in John six twenty seven, he says, work not for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. And you said, or your friend said to you, man, you had everything. Well, the reality is you had nothing. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is going to perish. Mm-hmm. And it took you losing all of that stuff to find the one thing that you needed, mm-hmm. which was God. Absolutely. And in God, we truly have everything. Right? So that's the, that's the, the irony of it, right? So uh, we, don't, we have this stuff, we don't really need it, and it's going to perish, it's going to go away. But having a relationship with Jesus Christ is, the, is the, something that will endure forever, forever and ever. It's the one thing that we really, really need. Jesus said it another way, you know, gain the whole world, forfeit your soul. What good is that? Right? The world is temporary. Your soul is forever. Uh, what can a man give for his soul? Nothing, because it's priceless, right? And so um, it took you losing all that to mm-hmm. kind of figure that out, which is great. And, and that's some of the hardest prayers that we have to pray for for people in our lives that are, are struggling. And, it, and it's this, God, do whatever it takes, right? Do whatever it takes in so-and-so's life to get them to to, to realize their need for you. And sometimes he takes it all away. Right. And, and thank God that he does. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, yeah. And that all looks different. One of our <laughs> upcoming episodes, we're going to visit with a guy who was in a plane crash. And that's how God got his attention. Um, so, I mean, like I said, it's, it's different for everybody and it takes something, something different for all of us. You know, and I, it, it, thinking about it and, you know, just talking about it more, you know, just the being in the military, being deployed, being overseas, seeing how other people, you know, view... It, it that helps with the perspective shift of just what we actually have, you know. Right. And even though it's materialistic and it's going to go away at some point, you can't take it with you. Like we have it really good. Sure. And you know, just always being in situations and scenarios where 
you know, there's just a lot of, I would say, non-godly influences, you know, for, for the majority, you know, now it's, it's, it's almost like, and I know that it's, it's something that's given to me and I don't have to earn it in any way, but I still, to me, as, as the sinful creature of a man that I am, I look and, and I think like for me to honor God now and to give him glory, the only way I can do that is, is to be completely transparent and humble myself to other men, to other, you know, believers and that's the payback that I'm giving to God for for the losing everything and the, the giving me the perspective and, and giving me the grace that I I didn't deserve, you know. So now I feel this responsibility to I mean it's it's I mean and, and God will correct me very quickly when I tend to lean toward myself again. You know, and he'll 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 correct me and put me back on the path of, hey, this is he'll remind me of those things. Right. And, you know, for men, I think that's important. I mean, it's as, a, as being mm-hmm. responsible for provision, you know, there's, there's a lot of stress that that carries, you know, and what I would tell people is, you know, if you've got God at the center of it, like, you'll be fine. So let me ask you something that um, James also touches on here in verse 10. And you hear it in your story, and we've heard it in many other stories as well, uh, of people we had the opportunity to inter- interact with and interview but um, in verse 10, it says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So what, why is humility so important? Why is it directly connected with being able to submit to God? <laughs> I mean, you have to turn away from oneself. You know, I, I always look at, I, I've had this thing the last couple of years where I think about conversations and I, I ask myself, you know, if Jesus was sitting here, what would he say? You know, what if if the conversation ended and we got up, like, would he sit and take me aside and be like, that didn't go the way I thought it should? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, so I kind of try to have things in those those things, you know. So and I always think about, you know, I use Jesus as the example because he is. I mean, he, he was washing feet. He was serving other people, people that he shouldn't have been in his time serving. You know, That's so right. I always look at that as an yeah. example of like, you know, I was created to serve. Mm-hmm. I was built to serve other people. And when I'm, when I'm doing that, I'm good at it. I'm great at it. I mean, that's the gift I was given. It's when I'm trying to do things on my own that I, I can't, I can't serve right. others well. Yeah. You know, so, but you have to, I mean, you have to die to yourself. I mean, you have to lose the ego at some point and it's, it's tough for men. I mean, I, yeah. it's tough for anybody, but it's especially tough for competitive mm-hmm. people that want to win, you know, but not just that, like, Humility is a lot of times you put yourself in situations to be humbled, you know, and now like I get to be humbled, Mm. you know, it's different. That's good. I I really identify with what you just said and in the spirit of being transparent, just struggling with that of wanting like serving other people. You know, I I, I think I I possess that similar gift Mm -hmm. from the Holy Spirit. And, um, but when, when it creeps into, now I'm not going to do that. And I, I want other people to serve me a little bit. And, uh, I know for myself, I just feel off, mm-hmm. I feel off. And I, if I'm going to be totally honest with myself, I know that's the, that's part of the root cause mm-hmm. is that I'm being selfish. I'm not being humble and I'm not serving other people. When I get disappointed, that's, yeah. I'm disappointed in myself. It's because I know like I should have just taken that opportunity, you know? And that's what I said about never underestimate the power of an invitation. Mm, that's good. Yeah. You know, and it, it can change your life, you know, and that's 
Alex at that church, you know, mm-hmm. hey, why don't you come do this? And it was like, okay, we're going to do it. I can't say no. <laughs> well, I think we could we could stay on this um, topic for a long time, and we could all share stories of how God has had to humble us, right? Mm-hmm. About uh, because you you really and truly cannot submit to God um, without humbling yourself, right? Or having God humble you. <laughs> One of the two. You know, and I, I would much rather learn to humble myself than have God have to humble me. Amen. Right? Yes. Uh, so the trick is to do that willingly. And it's a whole not, lot less painful. <laughs> it's in a many whole ways, lot less painful. And so, um, but submitting to God and humility, they go hand in hand, right? They, they really do. And so um, as we are, as we're, we're talking about this, so really the last question that I have for you, um, this is a learning process for all of us, right? And there's, there's probably guys out there that are like, man, I don't even know what that looks like. I work at a place where that is not modeled, um, where it is expected that we're going to be cutthroat, that we're going to step on each other's throat mm-hmm. to try to get the next promotion. And that is just the norm, right? And so... That's why discipleship, having men in your life, uh, mentors, disciples, whatever you want to call it, is so important. So that's my question that I want to ask you, Jerry. And the last question that we'll ask is, what role has discipleship played in your Christian journey, both on people who poured into you and now the opportunity that you have to pour into others? No, I, you know, I... When I say I'm fortunate and I'm blessed beyond measure, I mean it's it's not an understatement by any means. It's and it, it's it's one of those things that I don't know why people have given me the opportunity or felt like you know they needed to pour into me, but for whatever reason God put that task on them, you know. And I, I had a, a youth pastor about ten years ago that he said came to me one Sunday and I was it's right really when when I was finding my my relationship with Christ and I was serving a lot and I was uh, was really just focusing on that. And we're on church one Sunday, and he just says, I don't know why God's telling me that I have to pour into you, but you're it. And so I'm going to do that because that's what I'm supposed to do. You know, and I, that's 2012, so what, nine years? You know, and I just look back at that, and I think that was a seed that was planted. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, he gave me some opportunities to, you know, some one-on-one, some some coaching, some, you know, and I was I was struggling with, the typical things that men struggle with, with temptation and and just, you know, thoughts and old ways, you know, creeping back in and being pulled away from it. And, you know, he would always point me to certain chapters in Scripture, you know, and he would just say, you know, like, you're striving for perfection will do you no good. You know, you have to surround yourself with other men, you know, you and be specific in, the, in what you want, you know, be specific in the prayer. You know, I remember how I came to God really quickly is sitting in a parking lot at a church, talked to my mom and she's like what are you doing it's like 10 o'clock on a sunday morning and I said well i'm about to go into this church for the first time and she goes son i hope you find what you're looking for and i said me too mom hmm. you know so i'm sitting in the truck and i and i pray to god put men in my life that can teach me how to be a better friend how to be a, be a better f- husband you know teach i just come off a failed marriage like teach me how to to do that right you know, right. and, and just use me. I, I mean, I remember saying, just whatever it takes. You know, and I remember going in, sitting there, hearing that message, and it was it was a message on entitlement and gratitude. And if you've never been spiritually broken, mm. like without the presence of God for a moment, or a few moments, or a few minutes, 
that's the breaking, you know, and that, that happened to me. I can, yeah. I can say that. I mean, it was a total separation or lack of presence of God to all of it, to I'm here with you 100% all the time. Yeah. And I walk out into the lobby. A guy walks up to me, can tell I'm obviously hurting and, and I'm broken and introduces himself. He's like, hey, I'm doing this this men's group on Sundays. You should come. It's at my apartment. Give me your email. I'll, I'll send you the, the address. Next day, emails me. The guy lives in the apartment building next to me. <laughs> God had you the whole time, didn't he? He was a former Air Force guy, former veteran. The only other guys that showed up were former veterans that were all single dudes like me. You wow. know, and it just, that's, in one day, from a parking lot to the next day, God had given me four guys those four guys were my best men at my wedding. Wow. That's incredible. So yeah. if you ever underestimate the power of prayer, you shouldn't. Mm. You know, so I look at that and I think, I still have those those relationships. Those are still some of my closest friends that I love and care about. But that's, I needed that. I still need it. You know, I have to have people that I pour into and I have to have people pour into me mm. or my cup doesn't get filled. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't have that strength to to keep doing it. You know, and it's like I can always trace it back to when I'm at my weakest and most vulnerable to what do those relationships with the strong spiritual men in my life look like? Am I being separate? Am I, you know, keeping myself away from them or isolated? Mm -hmm. Am I not reaching out and and making the effort? And it just it just always finds its way back into what I do every day. And when I'm doing that and that's at the center, that's when all the blessings come. I mean, there's no trick to it. That's my marriage is better. My relationship with my daughter is better. My relationships with my clients is better our business grows faster yeah you know i get opportunities that i didn't have well you know so it's well thanks for sharing and and we ask that to every every person that sits there because um that's what cbmc is for you know we want to help men get connected in those kinds of ways so if you were encouraged by what you heard today from jared and his story and maybe that's similar to your story Maybe you're trying to figure out what it looks like for you to submit to God in the ways that he's calling you to submit. Or maybe you just desperately need connection in your life, some other men um, to encourage you, to help you grow spiritually. Uh, We want to be able to connect with you. So please reach out to us at cbmcok.com and drop us a note and we will get in contact with you. And we would love um, the opportunity to, to, um, speak into your life in those ways as well. So, Jared, I really appreciate you. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. This was a great um, episode. I loved hearing your story again. And uh, we'll, we'll cross paths down the line when the Cubs um, <laughs> it may are, be another are like not, 100 years. They go back to the World Series. Yeah, when they're not in rebuild mode, hopefully. Yeah. Th- thanks a lot. We'll, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Red Letter Business Podcast presented by CBMC Oklahoma. Each episode explores a story of an ordinary businessman who has had extraordinary impact on the lives of people they work with. Have you ever wondered how God wants to use you in his story? We'd love to be a part of your journey in figuring out how God wants to use you, whether that's through one of our C3 teams, Young Professional Program, our Trusted Advisors Forum, or a one-on-one discipleship relationship. Visit cbmcok.com to get connected. Hit subscribe and join us for our next episode. Have a great day.